Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Aron Sports Podcast. It is Wednesday, November 20th, 2019. Just wrapped up week 11 of the NFL season. So as we get down to uh, Thanksgiving here and uh, the home stretch, it's, uh, it's a fun time. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's bring in Crab. How you doing there, Crabber? Yeah, not doing too bad. How about yourself? Yeah, pretty good. It was a pretty rough week for me, but Everything else is uh is going good, no complaints, so um yeah, not too bad. How about you? Yeah, I'm still not doing too bad. <laughs> the first <laughs> time changed in the last couple seconds. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if uh, it's a little mo- shout out mom or what, but uh yeah, <laughs> it's alright. Uh, I guess we can get into the little weekend recap. We have nothing else to say, I suppose, huh? Yeah, nothing uh no real big news. My eyes are recovered from LASIK now and uh good to go. And yeah, other than that, uh, not not a whole lot else. So yeah, we can just jump right into it here. Do a little weekend recap. The weekend recap. All right. So how did Week Eleven treat you? Yeah, like you mentioned, that it, uh, it's a pretty rough week. And I'm not gonna lie, as as bad as the week was, it was. Uh, I ended up coming out with a profit, so I think I ended up. I mean, it, it was shocking. I mean, almost every game that I liked, I was pretty much wrong on the side. I, I think the totals were a little bit different, but. For sure, just from a side perspective, I was wrong. I think almost every game, I think the one caveat was that Jets game, which I ended up using for the pick of the week, and kind of stayed back there on that one because I had some conflicting bets from that game on Washington. Some hard money came on Washington, which I still don't understand. That didn't make sense to me at all because I know that we both talked about how much we like that Jets. Asking Fever. Yeah, I guess. I don't know, that was just really one of the most you know crazy line moves. I know I said in the pod last week that this is a number you should get right now and uh, when we released the pod on Wednesday. and. It's going to be moving the other direction, and, and it did actually come back at, right before kickoff. But there was some steam there on the weekend that moved it up to, you know, not a ton of steam. It moved it up to two and a half or so, uh, two two and a half, and then right before kickoff, a lot of Jets money came came in and put it back to about the one one and a half range. But still, I thought Jets would be, uh, go, you know, kick off a favorite. But anyway, that was that was a strange movement. But yeah, almost every game it was just uh, really really not a good week from a side perspective. But the good thing for me. Personally, as I, uh, you know, I stayed away, the one side I did have released was at Miami plus seven and a few other ones I was, you know, close to the window of getting there, but ended up only losing on that one. And then I had two totals that uh, both got there. So I ended up having a profitable week from a release place perspective, but, uh, yeah, and definitely not good from, uh, just picking every game for me. Yeah. I've, I lost my pick of the week and, uh, over in that, uh, Ravens Houston. Game, I think I had it at like 49 and a half, I think on the pod, and then the next morning it got steamed up three points, so, and then just, it was, I mean, I had like a very slight glimpse late, but it was just a frustrating game where there's that non-pass interference called in the end zone with Watson and, or I mean, Watson to Hopkins and just, uh, yeah, I don't know, it was pretty aggravating, and then I think I ended up going one and five, which obviously is pretty horrific, and I just had, Chicago plus six, Miami plus seven, Tampa plus five, Chargers plus six, and the fact that just none of them could sneak in the number was just pretty, pretty mind boggling. Uh, I mean, the the Bears were down three with the ball late in that game and they couldn't cover. The Chargers had the ball down seven in the red zone late, getting catching six, and the over that and if they would have scored there was also in decent shape. And, you know, Tampa was hanging tight with New Orleans for a little bit, and then Jameis threw him out of that game. And, yeah, Miami, I guess, was – Miami and Tampa were not really in great shape ever. But the other two, it just felt like they had a real good chance to get there. And I've just been – just running awful on coin flip type games this year. So, 
Yeah, pretty pretty frustrating, but I was I don't know, we were watching all the games together and it was just amazing looking at every screen. I was like, Yeah, I'm wrong about that, wrong about that, wrong about that and uh just just didn't seem to make a lot of sense. I know just from listening to stuff, it was a horrible, horrible week for the books. And it's just since a lot of the uh public teams got there and I know there's a ton of money on the Patriots that, that got there and and the Cowboys. That was another one that I had the Detroit in some different pools, and the fact that the Cowboys covered late was pretty frustrating too. So, just a uh, really good week for favorites and and the public. So that uh, was a bad week for me to to get as involved as I did. I just went against a couple line moves and and thought there's a little extra value there when there wasn't. So, all you can do is move on here and try to uh, get something going in week 12. But before we look at that, let's go into uh, getting the best of the number segment. Getting the best of the number. All right, so we have any qualifiers here for the getting the best of the number this week? Yeah, sure do. Uh, first one was the total here in the Saints-Buccaneers game. Uh, opened 51.5, I think was the consensus one we used last week on the opener, and that one yeah, took a little money under. I know I mentioned on the pod how I didn't agree with that move. It got as low. I think I got some 49 and a half. I also got some 50, and that's what I released it at. Myself was 50, and got some some late steam there before kickoff. It got steamed up to 50 and a half. 51 was the close, but uh, with that being said, still landed at 34, 17, right on 51. So yeah, you could have bet that. Or, you know, if you timed the market good, you could have bet it for sure and got a winner. Uh, but either way, if you bet it at close, you could have bet it. If you got a you know a good bet, getting a good number before a kickoff at a, one of your, if you have some few outs, that's why we always talk about having multiple different sports books to bet at. That's uh, very key. So, um, yeah, for sure. A good example there. And even a better example, probably the next game, Arizona, San Francisco, that side here opened San Francisco 12 and this one closed, uh, you know, split line again, probably San Francisco nine and a half or 10. And this one landed right on 36, 26 and this one, uh, right on 10. This one being, uh, the, I guess some better potentially depending on what side you have could either think or, I point the finger at the Vikings. That's where this can, I think that rule came from was that Case Keenum playoff game where they had to come back and kick the field goal. So, or the extra point, excuse me, uh, for that extra point. Cause it should have been, uh, 11 if it was in regulation, but since it was right at the end of the game, it only, uh, didn't have to kick the extra point and end up being a 10 point game. So but yeah, this, this game here really illustrates. So, I mean, if you're a, if you're a serious better, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have lost this game on the side. It's just uh simple as that. I mean, you could wait till the end of, before it kicked off and get under 10 there and, and bet nine and a half. And at the worst, you have a push on San Francisco, but probably should have won it. And then, uh, you know, if you bet Arizona, you for sure should have won that game. And if, if you didn't, you could blame the, the rule or whatever else, but you really have no one else to blame but yourself. So, uh, and then that's that. Yeah, it was crazy. There's, I think it was on Paul and Mitch's show on Visa and they brought it, had a sportsbook director in there and he was saying that they, they had a bunch of sharp money in the, early in the week on the Cardinals, and I was kind of bringing that number down. And then he said uh, Sunday morning they didn't write one ticket on Arizona plus 9.5, and, and they had just tons and tons of parlays with San Francisco minus 9.5. So he said that just absolutely destroyed them. So that's a good example there of the books getting middled by uh, by that number. But anyway, all right, let's uh, jump into it here and kick it off for uh, week 12. Uh, we got four bye week teams this week, including the Vikings. So it's always a little disappointing as a Vikings fan to not have any uh, skin in the game, really, from a fandom perspective, other than rooting against other teams. But uh, we got Chiefs, Vikings, Cardinals, and Chargers all on the bye. So the Vikes and three C teams. Um, anyway, on Thursday night, we got an AFC South battle, and uh, this could very well be for the division here, depending on how the rest of the season goes, obviously, but. Got Indianapolis heading to Houston, and Houston's a three and a half point home favorite here, the total of forty five and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, uh, Houston minus three and a half. Look headline, Houston minus six. Westgate open here, Houston three and a half, and the total you're open forty five and a half. And uh, yeah, real quick, like I already said, I'll just get my power rating number. What the strict numbers come out to be? The look headline from the Westgate in Vegas. Uh, it's a sports book there. What they used uh, for the line before last week's games, and then we'll have what the opener was there Sunday afternoon. What they came up with uh, right away before any money could get bet into the pool. So then we also have the total opener. So that's uh, what we have to work with for every game here. And yeah, it's uh, this game's a little bit no, no no opinion here for me really on, on the side. It's just uh, right where my numbers make it. I feel like Houston definitely deserved to be uh, a little bit more than a field goal here, even though it is a tight division game, like you said. 
Um, I don't know. Spot wise here, just you, you know, you got to look at the Houston side, but that extra ha- uh, hook is just definitely, I think, keeping a lot of the betters away. So I think this is a good line here. Uh, right, where my numbers make it, and yeah, I just don't really have a. Again, it'll be a good, good game here for sure, and we'll be able to learn some about those teams. But I think with Indy, we talk about it every week, but without Ty Hilton out, I think that's going to hurt them a little bit. I think Houston's defense. They've been reeling a little bit, but I think they'll be able to get it back and keep it a closer game um, as opposed to what it was last week getting blown out against Baltimore. I think that Baltimore team is just, uh, you know, it's been hard to stop Lamar. So I think that's pretty much what it comes down to. And I think Watson is kind of like a poor man's Lamar right now. So I think that's going to be definitely a little bit of trouble for Indy. So like I said, I don't have a whole lot of opinion here, but I think typically you'd want to maybe just take Indy here, divisional game, two close teams, and the extra hook. But uh, I'm not going to be so quick to do that. So, yeah, I'll probably pass for now. Yeah, if it was a division, I mean, a uh, Sunday game, just a Sunday early game, I think I'd take Indy. I just, I hate taking the road team on a Thursday, especially when you do have key injuries like Hilton, who said looks like he's questionable for the game. But it's just hard to believe if he's, I guess he's listed as a full participant today at practice, but you see, you don't really want to key components of your team hobble coming into a short week like that, even though he's taken been off a few weeks here. Still just I'd much rather have that be on a Sunday than a, than a Thursday. Just got the you said the wackiness of the Thursday game with the I don't know the Houston team that I just don't really know what to make of. It seems like sometimes they look like they could be tops in the league and borderline elite and other times it looks like they could be a below average, pretty garbage team, so uh, maybe I know that the one trend is teams coming off a London game were like 0 and 8 against the spread or something horrible, which I wish I would have found out about that last week before I uh, had some Houston in my pocket against Baltimore. But um, so maybe that was just a game where they kind of had to knock the rust off and get rid of some of the jet lag, even though they had the bye week the week before, and and now they'll come back with a real strong effort here in a really important game of the division. Um. So I think number-wise, I, I like Indy, but there's just too many unknowns here where I don't feel strongly enough to really get involved. Uh, on to Sunday here, I think if I heard right, we only have two afternoon games in, in this in the slate. Then we got, what, one, two, three, yeah. four, five, six, seven, eight. So we got nine early games and two afternoon games. Boy, is that a treat. <laughs> yeah. Just, just yeah, horrible. At least one good thing is we don't have to watch the Vikings on one. Uh, that's, I guess, the one saving grace for the poor schedule. Yeah. But I wonder why they they really, really must want to highlight that Dallas-New England afternoon game because when they flex Seattle-Philly out of Sunday night, especially being Philly, you think, or, you know, be a Seattle being a West Coast team, you think they would have brought that to an afternoon game instead of an early game. But what are you going to do? Uh, first early game, you got Miami heading to Cleveland. And you got your brownies laying ten and a half here at home with a total of forty four and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Cleveland ten and a half, look at line, Cleveland minus nine, Westgate open, Cleveland nine and a half, and then kinda of weird readjusted to ten and a half, so I'm not really sure about that. There might have been just a mistake or something. Uh, I'm not I can't really verify what that was, and then the total here open forty four and a half. Yeah, I'm I'm kinda of surprised by this line it's over ten and it's uh you know, keep it simple for me, it's gonna be a take on Miami. I mean my power rating puts it number puts it right there, but uh, just look at the look headline, line. You're getting a little bit extra value, and I just don't think Cleveland has any business laying this many points here against this Miami team that's capable of uh, you know hanging with them and putting up points. So yeah, to me, it's a pretty easy take here on Miami, and I do think this number you you would you would have to imagine that this Miami money's going to come in here. I just don't know who's going to be backing Cleveland at this price. I don't think they're a big public team uh, at this you know point in the year. Uh, you wouldn't think uh, to an extent. I mean, especially on side side straight bets. So. Uh, yeah, I think Miami here, and you got to bet them earlier, I would. So I'm going to be probably releasing a play here tonight, I would assume, once I get the podcast released. I think uh, Miami's Miami's the right side here. I think, again, it's kind of a game that's not going to be the prettiest, but and you always have the back door open with Fitzpatrick. And uh didn't work out last week in Miami after five straight covers, but I think this is where we're going to get back on track of the covering train here. And I think this is the game they actually have a chance to win outright, too. So I don't know if you necessarily want to sprinkle on the money line, but I think it's uh something, you know, you could definitely, you know, if they play well, I think they can keep this game close, and it'll be a closer game. So try to get at those bets any way you can. I think another way to look too, not a, not not don't like it as much, but definitely I think if you're going to play anywhere here, I think you got to look at the total over. I think just uh, Cleveland's defense hasn't shown too well. Miami's defense uh, seems kind of gas. That's what I like to do with these teams that 
aren't as good. The lower tier teams that don't have a lot to play for, it seems like they're going to be more aggressive, and they're also going to be trying more on offense and defense. So, yeah, I think 44.5 is fair total, so I like it over the total and uh, give me the Miami side. Yeah, it's hard. I know everybody's been talking about it constantly with the whole helmet deal, but with Miles Garrett out, he's, I think, probably their best defensive player. So it'll be interesting to see how that actually affects them on the field, just taking out all the, you know, off-field uh, distraction and whatnot of, of the whole incident. But it's yeah, it's hard to believe with the Cleveland offense, who really hasn't got going pretty much all year outside of a couple spots. Uh, it's hard to really imagine that they're laying more than ten against anybody. And with Miami, like I don't know, I was on them with you last week, and they just they just looked a lot closer to that dead squad that they had been a few times early in the season as opposed to the team they'd been like the three weeks prior or four weeks prior where they were fighting with people. So it's that's a little bit worrisome to me if maybe like they kind of had their couple shots and now they peaked and now they're headed back to just being a, a joke again. But I definitely agree with you that I the only way I could possibly bet this game would be Miami and just out of principle getting – I don't think Cleveland should be laying ten and a half here. Uh, even to like the Bengals are the worst team in the league, and so I just think uh, out of principle it's worthy of a a smaller bet on Miami, but I'm not quite as enthusiastic as you. Next game we have Denver heading to Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo laying four here at home with a total of thirty-seven and a half. Yeah, my power in here Buffalo five and a half. Look headline Buffalo five and a half. Westgate open Buffalo four and a half. And the total year open <laughs> whopping thirty-five and a half. Lowest I've seen so far this year for sure. Um, that got bet up uh, pretty, pretty, pretty much immediately. It's been a slow, slow and steady upward movement. I'm sure the books are just kind of tired of getting, you know, beat here on the. This, I guess both, well, I guess both these teams actually surprisingly went over last week, but still, I think uh, for the most part, say, like, yeah, they're obviously both dead nuts on their teams. But last week the Bills game had 57 points and the Denver game had 50 points. So it's kind of funny how, you know, obviously they're two under teams, so maybe that'll change it up. But it's kind of crazy have that low, that extremely low of a total off of that. Yeah, and uh, so for me personally, I think that's going to be more, for these teams, more of an aberration. I don't think that's going to necessarily continue, but I mean, it is still pretty low, or, you know, sitting at 37.5 across the board at most places. So it's, uh, I don't know, I don't really have a whole, a huge opinion on the total, but I mean, I just don't think I could bet this game under. It's just too, it's too short for me. I think the only way it'd look would be maybe a small lean over, but uh, side perspective, I don't know. I just, I think, uh, I think I like the Buffalo side here. I I don't know. It, this number's been going down. Some Denver money's been coming in. I don't even. I don't know if it's going to keep coming, but I, it's hard to imagine that this line's that low. I mean, to think that these two teams are that closely power rated, it just doesn't make. Like I said, my like I said earlier, my power rating numbers is higher than what it's sitting at here. So I think there is some value on Buffalo, and I think the Buffalo game I think is going to definitely put some put some you know get the team enthusiastic here. They're what well, showed up pretty well last week. I think Jared. Uh, Jared. Josh Allen played pretty well, and granted it was against the Miami team. I think more so than the Buffalo spot, I think is a Denver spot. To me, that was a, a Super Bowl spot, an all-in effort against Denver, against the Vikings there, and they, they played pretty well. I think the, the Vikings' defense is maybe a little overrated at this point in the season, so I think they're maybe getting some, some a little bit overvalued for the credit uh, there. But still, I think it was decently impressive that first half, and they just kind of came with nothing. And to me, that's just not a really buy-on sign for Denver after they had a big, big big competitive game that they ended up losing right at the end and not be able to score. So I think uh, there's definitely a, a buy-off sign for me for Denver and uh, look, look look to me and buy-on for Buffalo here. So yeah, I'll take uh, nothing to small bet here on Buffalo. I am interested to see where this market goes if it continues to downward trend a little bit more towards uh, towards Denver. So we'll see. But, yeah, I like the Buffalo side. Yeah, I, I think this is a game like 15, 20 years ago, just based on records and people not being nearly as sharp as they are now and the market not being as efficient. This is a game where you could have got like seven with Denver, just looking at the records and, and their last week performance and every the last week score, I guess. And I would have absolutely loved getting Denver here, but it just seems like this is shorter than you'd expect. And I think it just, it seems like week in and week out, Vegas just has very little to no respect for the Bills. And I think, I think for the most part, it's, it's probably warranted. I just haven't been impressed at all with their offense. I mean, according to DVOA, they have Denver 18th and Buffalo 25th overall, and has a you know Denver has a better offense and defense, which I don't know if I totally agree with that, but I just I even even though they put up 37 last week, 
I just I wasn't overly impressed with the Bills, and I just haven't been all year. And it just seems like against even halfway decent defenses, I Josh Allen just hasn't uh, hasn't been able to fare too well. And I was actually you know, I had him in I was all really high on him in fantasy this year. And as a fantasy quarterback, he's actually been pretty good. But as a real life quarterback, I don't have any faith in him basically whatsoever. And uh, that was something I kind of had to change my opinion. Because I was, I was expecting him to improve and I was going to kind of be on the, he's a sneaky good quarterback bandwagon, but I think I'm kind of changed my tune on that now. Uh, that being said, yeah, I think that was, a, Denver had such a good effort last week and then the way they disappointingly blew that late. Uh, I think, I, I wonder if that's going to carry over at all to this week or not. And then traveling outdoors at Buffalo, I don't know if, if Denver's a good enough team to, to travel and play outside like that. It's hard to make, hard to know what to make of the, the other Allen, Brandon Allen for Denver. He's had a pretty good game last week against the Vikes and then, you know, they beat the Browns a couple of weeks ago and his, his two starts. So I don't know if that's just him kind of having a couple, you know, not lucky, but, uh, you know, outlier performances for what his true performance level is. He's going to come back down to earth here against pretty good Bills defense or if he's just, uh, you know, a decent quarterback and a fairly big upgrade from what Flacco is providing for him. But I think their defense is playing a lot better. So all in all, I guess I would slightly lean Denver, but I just think this number is shorter than what I would like to take with Denver. So for me, I think it's uh, probably a pass. Next game, we have Pittsburgh heading to Cincinnati. Pittsburgh laying six and a half here on the road with a total of 39. Um, yeah, my power rating here, Pittsburgh minus six. Look at line, Pittsburgh 7 in the Westgate Open, Pittsburgh 7, even money. Total here open 39. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, no opinion here on the side, I guess. Keep it uh, short and simple. I just think Pittsburgh, I just don't trust Rudolph. I think it's pretty much as simple as that. I don't trust Rudolph in a, in a position like this on the road laying points. But on the contrary there, just with Cincy, I just, like I said last podcast, maybe the podcast before, I just it's a team I just, it's hard to back. Must have been lost last podcast. That's when I had Cincy laying, uh, getting all those points at home. But um, it just uh, Finley's just been very, very underwhelming, and there's, uh, I'd feel so much better with someone like Dalton in there that can make something happen. But um, obviously, they're trying to give the young quarterback a shot and see what they have from him. And you know, I assume they don't see they have much. But yeah, I don't really have any opinion on the side. I just, I just can't get to the window on either either side here. And um, from a totals perspective, I think there's It'd be, it's pretty easy to me. Either you bet under or you pass. It's just, uh, with the way Pittsburgh's playing, their defense is playing well. They're, uh, top five defense DVOA or top, right up there at least. And then, uh, Cincy's defense isn't good, but at the same time, I just don't have any faith in Pittsburgh and their offensive line is kind of beat up a little bit. And then you also have Rudolph who hasn't, has really not impressed me at all, like I already said. So, and then obviously Cincy's offense, I don't expect much to happen. So it seems to me the only way this game's going to get over is some fluky turnovers or, you know, defensive touchdowns or scores. Now, in that case, uh, you can't bet on that. So uh, 39 is a little low, though. I would like to get somewhere like a 40 uh, for me. So it does become a question of value, but I think there is still a little bit of value, uh, maybe a little bit on the under still at 39. Yeah, it's crazy. According to, uh, like, Pittsburgh's the biggest under team, according to DVOA. They have an offensive rank of 28th and a defensive rank of 3rd, which is uh, them and Chicago basically are the two by far that have the biggest disparity there between offense and defense. And I think that pretty much syncs up with what you're watching when you watch them. Uh, it's, their defense has been playing real good here for a pretty good stretch of games, but their, their Rudolph has just been super unimpressive. And uh, yeah, I just have zero, zero uh, confidence that he's really going to improve much. So I think he just kind of, he is what he is and he gets what you get. But on the contrary, I mean, the Bengals, I'm not a huge Pittsburgh fan, but do the Bengals even have a home field advantage right now? Like, who's showing up and getting all excited to watch them? And then they're coming back from a, from a, from the West Coast game against the Raiders, and they're all in 10. Like, I know it's a division game, but do they really have much motivation at this point? I, I don't know. Like you said, that rookie quarterback, he hasn't been any good, and their defense, I guess, played a little bit better last week against the Raiders, but they haven't been able to keep it close hardly against anybody all year, so I don't know. The Steelers aren't good, but they're not like awful either. So, I mean, it's been 
it's been over a month since since uh, the, the Bengals have been able to keep it within six when they lost to the Ravens and the Cardinals. And other than that, they've basically been getting trucked by everybody here. And, that, and those are games with the Daltons. So uh, a couple games that Finley started, he's got absolutely nothing done. And against this Pittsburgh defense, it's hard to me to imagine he's going to score any points at all. So um, I just I don't know, like lane six and a half on the road with a quarterback I don't trust. But I think the Cincy team might just be uh, have a special case of anytime you're getting less than a touchdown or you're laying less than a touchdown against them, you might just do it blindly and it might work out for you. So it's not one that I'm going to be rushing to the window to, to put my money on, but if I'm picking pools and whatnot, I think I'm going to pick Pittsburgh in this spot and hope they can figure out a little something on offense, especially with a couple extra days rest. All right, we got the uh, the Giants heading to Chicago. Uh, Chicago, a six-point home favorite here, the total of 40, 40 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Chicago 7, look headline, Chicago 7. Westgate open, Chicago 7, even money, and the total here open 41 and a half. We'll start there, a little bit of money on the under. I do agree with that. That's the only way I could bet this game, kind of just uh, similar to last game. I mean, these these two offenses, specifically Chicago, it's just just anemic and, and, and can't score. I will will be interested to see because I think Chase Daniel, I know power rating wise they're pretty similar. But I think he definitely, if nothing else, is going to give a boost to this offense. Just to, if nothing else, gives the defensive coordinator something different to mix it up a little bit, so it's not so easy to game plan for Trubisky. But um, we'll see there. I I, I thought Daniel was going to get the start, but I guess I haven't really looked into. It. I'm not sure. I'm not overly eager to bet this game, but uh, yeah, it just. Some money coming on the Giants and the under. I, I do agree with the under money. I don't know if I necessarily agree with the Giants money. It just, yeah, boy, it just seems hard for me to back this, this Giants team right now. But on, on the contrary, who wants to lay this many points here in Chicago? So, I mean, obviously that's where it's coming from. Anything with a, t- a seven plus seven with Giants, I guess, is what they're looking at against the Chicago teams that's been in shambles. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I don't have – to me it's a lot harder for that side. But the, the, I do uh, look at the under, if anything. But, yeah, I'll, I'll probably pass the side. Yeah, I kind of feel like – I just feel like this is, might be the game. It says Trubisky was a full participant in practice today. So – but I, I don't. I feel like I, – I do like Daniel or Daniels, whatever it is, better than Trubisky. Or I would prefer if I had, you know, one game where I had to bet my life on it. I'd rather have him than Trubisky. But that being said, this – I've been saying it basically all year. This giant secondary is just atrocious and – they really haven't been able to stop just about anybody all year long, other than uh, other than Haskins, I guess, that one game. Other than that, everybody else putting up 34, 37, 31, 27, 35, 28, 31. So, I mean, they've just been dishing out points to everybody. And we have we've been kind of begging for, for it for weeks, but to open up Chicago's offense and just let Trubisky huck it downfield and, you know, maybe draw some pass interferences catch a couple balls. It just seems like I don't know why they don't do more of a almost like Josh Allen type offense with him where they got him running around and they just got him chucking it down the field and at least try to make, you know, three, four big plays a game. And with their defense, the way they've been playing, they've they've been playing a lot closer to the defense that we expected them to the last month or so here. So I don't know if I'm in love with laying the six, but I definitely think this is a spot where, there's going to be enough openings downfield where whether it's Trubisky or Daniels that I, I think that they'll be able to have some success. And I just I haven't been impressed whatsoever with with Daniel Jones. Yeah, you know, ever since the first first game against the Bucks, I mean he just really hasn't looked impressive whatsoever. And even the games where they've kind of been close and competitive, like against the Lions, they were getting or like you know less against the Jets, they lost uh, pretty pretty easily. And then the Cowboys, they got crushed. And the Lions game, they only lost by five, but they weren't really competitive. They got through the back door late. That Cardinals game, I know I was on the Giants when they lost by six, but they had a punt block for a touchdown, and they weren't weren't all that competitive. And then before that, it was the Pats and Vikings they got crushed by. So, I don't know. In this point spread range against the Chicago team, who I'm not enamored with by any means, but they're Four and six, and I think they're probably about a 500 team. Their defense is the one unit on the field out of any of these four units we can really trust. So I'd, I, I think you could tease them down or bet Chicago or put them in money line parlays. And I think I don't think we'll have too much trouble taking care of business here. And I could definitely see a couple picks for uh, for Mr. Jones 
as uh, Chicago cruises to an easy victory, and then they get to five and six, and people start saying, well, you know, maybe if, especially if it's Daniels, they'll say, well, maybe if he can keep it going, you know, and they can sneak into the playoffs, they could do some damage with that defense. I think that narrative could come out of next week, so. It's kind of scary, like in back-to-back, <laughs> you know, six six and a half point favorites here, because that's not usually what I do. But no, that's the way I'm thinking here. Next game, we got Oakland heading to the Jets. That looks like Oakland's a three-point road favorite here, with some juice towards the Jets, and a total of 46, 46 and a half. Yeah, my power in here, Oakland four and a half. Look at line, Oakland three. Westgate open, Oakland three, and the total here open 48. Yeah, kind of a split line between three and two and a half, uh, but there are some two and a halves out there. Um, even in Vegas, two and a half flat at South Point because they only deal minus one ten either way. And me, uh, me here, I, I actually like a little bit on each each uh, side end total, and uh, we'll start with the side. It's, it's to me, I was on the Jets last week with a big play uh, for the, or at least not a big play, but for uh, one of my strongest plays on the pod, which uh, my pick of the week against Washington, and they they pretty much dominated that game. I didn't really that was never really in question. But I think this comes here. I mean, I'm not too high on Oakland, but just my strict numbers say here, obviously, four and a half is uh, you know, a, a pretty good take here. That's a pretty big difference for the market sitting. And a lot of people I respect, and just where I think this market's probably going is you'd think some, you know, going the Jets' way under three. And that's, you know, so far in the week, that's where it looks like it's going. But, yeah, boy, if you give me something uh, less than three here with Oakland, just to ask them basically to win by less than a field goal, I get it, not a good spot on the road, um, kind of the public side per se, uh, West Coast team traveling east. You know, I get all those things. They won three games in a row and uh, close games at that. So now this is kind of an easier team and a downgrading class. But I don't know. I think this Jets team is is going to be a little bit over overvalued, I'd say, a touch just, just from the who they, who they had to play last week. I just really don't like that Washington team. I, I, I mentioned on the pod how much – uh, last week, how much I didn't like Haskins in Washington, and and that really that result really didn't surprise me. But I think they're taking some money because of that. Because I mean, if they would have gone and lost to Washington here, I mean, I think this line would have gotten out of control. And uh, if they not lost, but if they would have gotten embarrassed or kind of the score would have flipped around, I think this line would have been up in the honestly, I think would have been up in the four and a half to six somewhere in their range. And I think you're just getting a pretty big over 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 adjustment here just from the way the Jets played against a really poor Washington team. Who I have. Right, right next to the worst team, next to Cincinnati in my power rating. So, I, I don't know. I, 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 not, not a game that I absolutely love or going to be betting a ton on, but I just feel like Oakland, I, I, I think they're going to be able to get the job done here against a pretty poor opponent. I don't think they're that great of a team. I don't think they're going to be able to do anything. And if they do get to the playoffs, even ever make some noise because I'm not a big fan of this team. But at the same time, like I said, they can put up points on the board. And I think their biggest problem that they have is that defense. And, um, with that, I think, like I said, I like the side end total. I think with the total, their defense is just really poor. Um, I think the Jets' offensive line's been getting healthier, so I think that's the one way the Jets do stay in this game and cover is if uh, they, they get into a shootout kind of with Oakland and then pretty low lower total for what I'd expect. And this game opened 48, like I said, but been getting bet down. I definitely didn't disagree with that. I think uh, 46 and a half uh, is a fair total, and going over that, I think shouldn't be a, a huge deal to do that. So I, I don't think it's going to get any lower than this. I think you kind of at the bottom of the peak um, as far as where the number's at. So I think if you can uh, yeah, take advantage of the 40, there are some 46s too. I'm, I'm going to have some money in my pocket at 46, and I think 46 or 46 and a half is worth definitely looking at the over, just basically you know back in Oakland here and then uh, from being an over team and as well as the Jets' uh, offensive line getting healthier and able to throw the ball a little bit more like we saw last week. So, yeah, give me a look at the Oakland side here and the over. Yeah, I think those are definitely correlated. I'd, I'd say Jets and under and Oakland over are correlated. Uh, if you look at, you know, DVOA, Oakland, 7th in offense, 29th in defense, and and the Jets are dead last in offense and 11th in defense. So I think whoever, whatever team can dictate the, the pace of the game is, is going to be more likely to win. And I agree with you. I think it's definitely more likely that Oakland's going to. Uh, but just, I haven't been, I was pretty low on Oakland to start the season, and even though they're 6-4, and four, I don't necessarily think they're a, a world beater by any means but at least they're a respectable team and yeah the Jets the last few weeks have played the Redskins Giants and Dolphins and it just doesn't doesn't get a whole lot easier than that you know three of the bottom what five teams in the league or so and uh, they they beat the Giants and they beat the Redskins so I think they're getting a little bit of respect and probably uh you know a little I don't want to say satisfied because they're still three and seven 
but I think they realistically know they probably don't have much chance of the playoffs, and they got a couple <laughs> wins under the belt. Not yes, Darnold though. Yeah, that's, I saw that clip of him saying, "Well, we got to win every game to make the playoffs." I guess that's true, but I'm sure there's some people rolling their eyes in the locker room about that. Then you look at the Raiders, and I don't think they're great, but they've they've played a a handful of decent teams. And yeah, they slept walk last week through against that Cincinnati team, but that could have very easily just been uh, all we got to do is show up and go through the motions and win the game, and it was a little bit closer than they were looking for. But I don't think that necessarily means they're you should downgrade them or they're a bad team. I think that's more of just uh, the, their opponent situational deal. So. On the road this year, I mean, they were competitive against the Texans and were right there at the end and lost by three. And then the Packers game ended up losing by 18. But I remember I had a, the Oakland that week, and that was that car fumble going into the end zone where they it could have very easily could have, I don't know about won the game, but been right there towards the end and lost close. And they beat the Colts on the road, and, and they got blown out by the Vikings early in the season. But So they really haven't been a bad road team. I, I wouldn't say it's not like they're a, a huge home road split. I don't think so. I think the Oakland's got a decent coaching coaching edge, and even though I'm not a big car fan, I think they probably got a better quarterback. And this also, they're right in the hunt here for the AFC West or the wild card. So I think they'll be pretty motivated to keep their winning streak going. And, and I agree. I just think they're a much better team, and the last couple of results from the Jets have probably given people a little bit. Uh, too highly of a of a value for them, so not a game I'm gonna go all in on. But I I agree I like uh, I like Oakland there. Next game we got Carolina heading to New Orleans. Saints nine and a half point home favorites here. The total of 47. Yeah, my power rating here New Orleans minus 10. Look at line. New Orleans minus seven. And the Westgate open New Orleans nine. And the total here open 48. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, either, either, either side here, I just don't have an opinion. I think, uh, the only way I could look here would be back in Carolina in a bounce back spot. But I think there, there's some, some buy off signs for sure. I think that, uh, most of the time you think, okay, they had a big game there in the division. They're coming back after getting pretty embarrassed or super embarrassed and now going and playing another really tough division game. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't, I just don't think they really have it here. I think they're going to be going, uh, keep continuing down personally as opposed to, of bouncing back here, but uh, with all that being said, it's just it's just a lot of points. I'm not going to back New Orleans. I know we kind of say that all the time in this point spread range, but basically to me, I just can't. I don't trust New Orleans laying this many points right now, even though they did look fairly good last week against Tampa. But I think you got to take that with a grain of salt for sure. Um, and as for the total, uh, really no opinion either. So yeah, this is a pretty quick and easy pass for me, uh, side end total. Yeah, I don't have much much on the sides. I mean, you look at this a couple weeks ago. You would have thought this was nuts with Carolina getting this many points, but with Kyle Allen potentially coming back down to earth, uh, I don't, I don't know if I really feel comfortable back on either side. As far as the total goes, I, I, to me, I, I kind of like the under. I don't a 47 in an interdivision game here that both teams need quite a bit. New Orleans more so for seeding, with all those teams up there in the NFC. Um, I mean. And how important home field's gonna be when you just kinda got a crapshoot up there at the top. I don't think there's gonna be a big letdown for New Orleans, especially after they let down a couple weeks ago against Atlanta. And then now the Panthers dropped to five and five. Uh, they're, they're gonna be super motivated. So, I, whether that's good enough, I don't know, but I mean, it just seems like it's gonna be a pretty hard fought game. And you look at Carolina, their offense, you know, DBA wise is 25th. And uh, even though their scores have been pretty high scoring here over the last month since Kyle Allen took over, but I just just like watching them visually, they just look like an under team to me. I don't, they don't, they're not very explosive. They run the ball a lot with McCaffrey. Their defense has been playing pretty good for the most part. And even though New Orleans put up a ton of points last week against the Bucks, I mean, I I think they're a dead nuts under team too. They've had a pretty good defense all year, and even when Teddy was in there. Uh, you know, they're, he's more of a ball control guy, but I think Breeze hasn't, he's, he's been sneakily under the radar here, a ball control, you know, keep it, uh, play it safe and run the ball a lot more than you think from a Saints team. So has that cachet of throwing it all over the field from a handful of years ago. So I would have expected this number to be down more in the 44 range. So to me, being up at uh, 47 seems a little high. So I definitely like the under in that one. Uh, next game, we got another NFC South battle. We got Tampa Bay heading to Atlanta. Atlanta laying four and a half here at home with a total of 51 and a half. 
Yeah, my power rating here, Atlanta three and a half. Look at line Atlanta three, Westgate open Atlanta five, and the total you're open fifty four. Uh, yeah, it, it, for me it's really tough here. I, I think that it really with Atlanta it just comes down to which team do you think you're going to get? Are you going to get a team like you've gotten the last two weeks? Or are you going to get a team that you've gotten before their buy uh, several weeks ago? And I think that's pretty much the question: is it are they for real? And I would probably tend to think that it's more so on the last few weeks of the recency of what you're going to see. But I don't think you're going to see it to that extent. But that, that defense has been really impressive um, after the play calls uh, have been switched out. So they had coaches and calling the plays anymore. But it, uh, it I don't know. It, it seems to me a lot of this handicap, it's hard to really know what to do here unless you know what's going on with Winston. Because I know watching that last bit of that game there uh, in Tampa against the Saints, he was pretty hobbled there. I know they had one big play down the field. And he's sitting there trying to run up to get the ball clocked and he was you know, struggling. The whole team was basically all lined up and ready to go and he was sitting there hobbling down the field. So I don't know. That's definitely a little worrisome for me. If, uh, like I said, I think you're paying a little bit of a tax here on Atlanta. So I think they're, you know, a tad bit of value on Tampa Bay for sure, especially with a capable, at least the team capable of putting up points if, if he doesn't make mistakes. But yeah, having, having Winston hobbled a little bit, if he's not fully healthy, I think that's a pretty huge, uh, not that he's a, a world beater by any means, but I think, it's just definitely going to change the way the game goes if he's in the game or not. And I, usually I would want to bet this over, but that definitely would you know give me a little bit of pause too. And he's already seen a lot of under money come in, and I think uh, knowing what I know now, I think that's probably where I look. Um, even though every Tampa game this year has gone over, I believe, and I was on it last week and got there in a little bit of lucky fashion, but uh, with that pick six. But I think it kind of scoring halted in the second half a little bit. But that being said, um, it's, this is a game I think for me I'm going to need to know more, more more information about. But even when I do get all the information on a game, I'm going to be jumping to the window to get to. Yeah, it says that Arians believes Winston will play this week, even though he has an ankle sprain. So to me, I don't I don't really understand the under money myself. I would I mean Tampa's obviously a dead nuts over team, about as dead nuts over as you can be, and Atlanta. Even though their defense has played good the last couple of weeks, just when you look at them as a team and, and what they've been for a majority of the season, they've been a dead nuts over team with just an atrocious defense and Matt Ryan back now, who's very capable of putting up points himself. I just think the fact is down to 51 and a half years, it feels pretty discounted. And if, especially the money keeps coming in, um, I'd, I'd hit it now and wouldn't mind hitting it again if it keeps dropping. So you got indoors here. Neither of the team is alive really in the hunt i mean you got three and seven versus three and seven so i don't think it's going to be like as with the post of the carolina new orleans game where they both need the game super bad uh, this game just feels like a free-flowing sling all over the yard a couple interceptions by Jameis, a couple long throws ryan keeps the offense going a couple over teams to me this feels like you're getting the, a few free points of value here and I think if Atlanta's defense hadn't played so good the last couple of weeks, I think this total would definitely be back up in the 54 and a half range. So, yeah, I, uh, maybe I'm wrong if Atlanta's defense has turned into 85 Bears, but I'm a little skeptical. I, I like it over and from the side, I think I'd want it back Atlanta, but just, I just can't pay four and a half. That just seems a little crazy when you had the team a few weeks ago that people were talking about as a bottom five team. Quinn getting fired and all this stuff now against the Jekyll and Hyde Tampa team that's the very least capable of getting within the number. I just, I don't know, it's hard for me to lay four and a half here. So I'd want to take Atlanta, but the, the markets kind of box me out of that from a side perspective. So I'll just stick with the total and, and root for both of these offenses. Next game, we got Detroit heading to Washington. Uh, Detroit, three and a half point road favors here, the total of 41 and a half. Let's see. Yeah, my power rating here is Detroit minus three. Uh, no look headline available due to the Stafford injury. And then the Westgate open here, Detroit three and a half. And the total you're open, 41. Uh, this game here, it's just uh, <laughs> kind of like I said last week. I mean, you really trust Haskins? I mean, I just he. he I don't like Cincy though. I think I I I'll be back in Cincy quicker than I'll be back in this Washington team with Haskins at the helm. I just don't have any faith at all. And it's just every week it kind of seems the same, and you kind of just feel like you're getting a little square thinking like that, but I mean, you got to show me something and he just really hasn't shown me anything uh, NFL worthy uh, of a quarterback NFL caliber. So, um, but I mean, you know, you're paying a little bit of tax here with Driscoll, but I mean, that's the only, the only way I could look, even though my power rate number is a little bit lower and I feel like you're not really getting any value at all. And there's probably some value on Washington, but 
I just I just can't do it. I just can't get the three and a half. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be passing here. Yeah, I think I don't know, I'm just gonna keep auto betting against Haskins until it doesn't work. And may, maybe it's this week. Maybe, but I mean Detroit, they've been pretty competitive. Even I mean Driscoll hasn't been bad. He's looked fairly capable. Their their defense has definitely slipped, which is a little worrisome. But the last couple of weeks they've lost and. You know, they only end up losing by eight, the Cowboys, seven, the Bears week before that, seven, the Raiders week before that, and then they beat the Giants week before that. So, I mean, they're, they're not great, but at least they're, you know, middle of the road to slightly below average team. Whereas Washington has just got destroyed by the Jets and Bills and basically every time Haskins has been in the, in the game, they've, when he came in in relief against the Vikings, he looked awful. They got smoked by the Giants when he played earlier this year. So until he's, Competitive, not even, not even win a game until he's competitive in an NFL game. To me, it's just an auto auto fade and keep breaking in the money until it doesn't work. So yeah, I'm I'm not thrilled about laying more than a field goal with Driscoll on the on the road. I'll tell you that, but um, I'm just gonna keep keep doing it. Uh, last early game, the one that got flexed back out of Sunday night, we got Seattle heading to Philadelphia. Looks like Philly's a one and a half point home favorite here. The total of 48, 48 and a half. Oh yeah, my power rating here, Philadelphia minus two, uh, Westgate look headline, Philadelphia three, and the Westgate open here, Philly two and a half, total here open 49. Yeah, I, I mean boy, I just, I just, I don't have a lot to make of this game. I think it will be an interesting game, for sure, uh, from a viewership perspective, this will be the one of the better ones, for sure of the morning, and, uh, early afternoon, depending on where you are in the country, but, uh, not 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 surprised at all here that Seattle's money is coming in. I mean, I just think that's the only way this line can go, just based off of the way Philly performed there at uh, in the late afternoon uh, game last week. I just feel like New England really didn't do a whole lot there, and they got up right away. We're up ten nothing, and probably should have maybe up a little bit more, and then they just went to an absolute halt the last three quarters uh, with Philly the last two and a half quarters, whatever it was. And uh, you know, credit credit the defense in New England, credit Belichick, but I mean, they just weren't able to do anything, and, and Brady didn't look that that good either. He looked probably the worst I've seen in, in a while, so, I mean, that might be a start of something, too, uh, for that, that team. But, yeah, I just feel like uh, Philly, that was a game they really needed to be. Uh, I did have some Philly in my pocket, so I'm a little biased. That seemed like a game that they definitely needed to win, if not not win, be, you know, pretty much cover for sure and, and, and be really competitive. And, and granted, they did have the, that long play at the end there where they could have caught the touchdown and tie the game, but I just, that was a little bit... Uh, I think smoke and mirrors that they would have caught in that, but uh, either way, uh, with all that being said, I think Philly is pretty banged up too. I think that's another problem with them, like they've been it seems like all year. But at the end of the day, um, I just don't have, I don't really trust the Seattle team too, and I feel like they're a pretty big public public team, especially after in Monday night and prime time before their bye, going and beating San Francisco like that in a in a pretty crazy game. So. Yeah, you're not you're not getting any value on Seattle, um, so I think you got definitely got to look on the Philly side, and I feel like it's a pretty respectable price here, um, under three and even under two. You're sitting at one, one and a half, and I, I still think there's gonna be some more money coming on Seattle. I just don't know why it wouldn't. I mean, I don't think the public's gonna be back in Philly right now. So, um, if you can get, uh, I won't be surprised if you can get Philly as a as a dog here at home uh, before kickoff with a, as a small dog, and that's probably where I'm gonna look. So I'll probably wait around here and see. Um, not not a bet I'm gonna love at this number, but yeah, I'll, I'll just probably take a value bet out of principle if if it does keep going the other way like I expect it to do. Yeah, I like Philly here. I just I Russell Wilson's been awesome this year and definitely give him credit. But the rest of the Seahawks just haven't impressed me basically at all. I, their skill position players on offense aren't great. Their line's questionable. Their defense has been just not. Like Giants level atrocious or Oakland level bad, but they've been kind of the next tier of bad, and I just don't have any faith at all if if Philly can start moving the ball that that I mean you know, Russell Wilson could match them and could make a bunch of spectacular plays, but I just I feel like they've been kind of riding the heater here for a while and just had fortunate bounce after fortunate bounce, and it just seems like it. uh they're going to hit a wall here, whether it be this week or in the near future, where they're going to have a rough stretch and people are going to start panicking and saying, what's wrong with the Seahawks? And it's like, well, nothing's wrong with them. They just, they've been, uh, you know, a little above average team all year long. that has got more lucky bounces than they should have to get to this eight and two record. So I don't think the market's way, way out of whack here, 
but I, I still think there is some value on Philadelphia, and I'm not a big believer in them necessarily. Like Wentz just looked awful last week, and they're they're just such a such a lack of ability at their the wide receiver position. It is a little worrisome, so it gives me pause and not a game I'm going to necessarily unload on. But I absolutely think that Philadelphia is worthy of a bet, and if if Seattle doesn't get their come up in tier, I think with the the Vikings and at the Rams coming the next couple of weeks, uh, I think it'll happen then. So um, I'm going to go ahead and take Philly here. All right. First afternoon game, we got Jacksonville heading to Tennessee. Tennessee, a three-point favorite here with extra juice at home and a total of 41, 41 and a half. Yeah, my power right here, Tennessee, two, two and a half. Uh, look at line, Tennessee, two and a half. And the opener here, Tennessee, three. And the total here, open 41. Yeah, to me, it's, this game is you know fairly simple. Uh, I just I can't I, even though Tennessee is coming out to buy it, it'd be it, I just don't feel like you're getting a lot of value here on Tennessee. So the only way I'm going to look would be Jacksonville. Problem with that is, is I just don't really know if I have a good read on this Jacksonville team. I think I'm kind of maybe a little bit a uh, little bit higher on the markets than this Jackson uh, on Jacksonville than the the markets are. I was on them last week. Is what the what the way I would have bet, and I'm not actually getting involved, which I'm you know luckily another another game that I kind of dodged a bullet on, but just was the wrong side, and they didn't really show up a whole lot. I mean that just was kind of got dominated by Indy the whole game. Foles didn't look all that impressive, and it was just pretty rough for him. So I don't basically I don't know how much you attribute to that of being rusty and and coming back after the injury. So I, I would assume here just uh you know from a percentage perspective, you'd think that Foles is going to get a little bit. Uh, continue to get healthier and continue to get comfortable, so and 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 be able to, you know, be be competitive here in a, in a similar points for ranges last week, and now you're giving a little bit of extra, especially if it gets to three and a half, you're looking at three even money or something like that, and reduced juice. I mean, that'd be the way I'd look for sure. Um, I just don't think uh, I thought this line might have come a little bit higher too, and that's the other thing. If you, if, you know, three and a half as opposed to three, I think it's a huge difference too in this type of game, especially with the Tennessee team that plays close games and. And, uh, you know, runs of football and, and low scoring games. So I think Jacksonville is, is definitely worth a look, a uh, small look, but again, kind of have a little bit of pause after the, after last week's poor performance with Jacksonville. Could be a little bit of a, 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 red, a red flag for sure. Yeah, I think these two teams are basically the same, same team or the same level of team at the very least. Um, I didn't have anything on that Jacksonville indie game last week like you did, but I was hoping that Foles would kind of have a sharp under the radar game. Because I think that even though there was Minshew mania going on there for a while, I thought he's, his play started to deteriorate quite a bit the last few starts he was there. So I was hoping that Foles could be a big upgrade and the way the defense has been playing pretty solid. I thought there might have been some value, uh, hidden value here on Jacksonville for a few games before the market caught up to the Foles upgrade. But unfortunately he didn't look that sharp at all. And I'm not somebody that I'm necessarily rushing to back. But that being said, I think the Titans, are not good and I think but the only problem is I think the market knows they're not good and are being priced accordingly so I think this numbers are right about where it should be uh you know the Titans off a of buy maybe give them a little tick up for that and that's where the extra 10 cents is coming from other than that they're pretty equal teams so at four and six and five and five they both both need this game so you should should expect great motivation from both and it's just kind of a garbage AFC South matchup that not not a whole lot in this game would shock me, but there's not, nothing I feel confident. I don't really feel confident what kind of performance you're going to get from either of these teams. So I think you could just kind of, as I said, they're pretty interchangeable. So not a, not a game I'm interested in getting involved with. If anything, I guess it would be a little bit lean to the under, the fact it's up there at 41, 41 and a half. Um, I just don't think either of these offenses are any good, and the defenses are, are probably above average, but I don't feel strongly enough necessarily to uh, to get involved. Other afternoon game, definitely the marquee game here of the afternoon slate. You got Dallas heading to New England, and New England is laying six and a half here at home with a total of forty-five and a half. Um, yeah, my power rating here: New England minus seven. Look at line: New England seven. Westgate open: New England six and a half, and the total you're open forty-seven. Uh, yeah, a little bit of downward play here on the under. Um, seems like we see it every week here with this New England defense. I think that's pretty much all they're betting. And, uh, yeah, no opinion there. Side perspective to me, I, I feel like 
Um, you might be getting a tad bit of value, as you can see from the look headline, a little bit of value uh, on, on New England here. Problem is, I know like what I saw, what I'm sure a lot of people saw in the public and everything else, uh, is is Brady, and that offense just looked looked like it struggled against a Philadelphia defense. That I don't put a whole lot of stock in, so that's the one thing I have you know, a little bit of worry worry about and a little bit of doubt in, in the handicap. But I mean, to me, it's just I just really don't want to back Dallas here. I just I mean, even if it gets a seven, it's just I, I just feel like this is not a. You already have the New England trend of betting against them against a the spread and how good Belichick. Ben and, and Brady, and I, I, I get. I think Brady's definitely deteriorating. It's a question of how much, but it. Uh, I just, yeah, Dallas is just not a spot here. I'd expect Dallas to be very competitive uh, to the point where it's really like a field goal type of game, um, maybe. So I, I don't know. I, I just, I hope this line comes down a little bit because I like to back New England, but I just, I really can't talk myself into it over six for sure. I mean, I really need to get under six. Uh, before I can lay the points with, with New England, even then I won't be overly excited about it. It'd just be more of a, a I feel like that'd be the right play long term, and I and more of a bet against this Dallas team. But uh, yeah, where the current price is, uh, obviously, uh, kind of talk myself, uh, you know, into a corner here. It's just the only way I can l- really look. Really, uh, the current price is just a pass uh, for me. But the, the way I look right here at the current number would be New England uh, lean. Yeah, it's kind of crazy with New England because in this game, I think you have one. Really good offense versus one really good defense and one really, you know, and one really bad offense. They're not really bad, but one average to below average offense to an average to below average defense. It's kind of crazy that New England's not the team that has the good offense. Um, and the Cowboys offense, like I said, mentioned you before the pod started that it's crazy that Dallas is number one offense rated in DVOA. And I don't know if I totally agree with saying the best offense in the league. I, I don't, but. Like I was, when I was rattling off their games to you, it's crazy how they've scored like 30 points just about every week here or close to it for the last two months. And Dax looked, haven't been the big Dak Prescott fan, admittedly, but he's definitely looked uh, pretty good. Uh, definitely well above average here for quite a while. And I know if I were a Cowboys fan, I'd definitely be kicking, kicking ourselves that we signed Zeke to all that money and now we got to probably pay Dak when you could just have Pollard or any other fill in running back come and take that calorie or salary spot. But the interesting part between me between these two teams is they're both we just don't know anything about them really. They have the, the Patriots obviously have a better record by three games, but their only good wins, both of them are the Eagles. <laughs> they're other than that, they don't have any impressive wins. And I don't even know if the Eagles is all that impressive of a win. So a couple times they've gone up against good teams they've lost and they've blown out a bunch of terrible teams, so it's just hard for me to really want to step in here, and I just don't know, like, I don't think your confidence level on either of these teams can be all that high, and yeah, like, even though, even though New England's 9-1, even though watching that game last week, watching them against the Ravens, and just, even against the Browns a few weeks ago, and they won by 14, they just they haven't been all that impressive to me whatsoever, and Brady looks kind of old, and I know their line's banged up, and I don't know, it's not not buy signs for me, especially laying a price here. So I don't know, maybe they'll get right against this Cowboys defense that's been pretty underwhelming here for a while. But uh, to me, this is a game where if you're going to force me to, I'll take the good offense catching points, but probably not one that I'll be all that uh, interested in betting. But I will be, I think just from a fan, or, you know, fan perspective and trying to figure out who wins the matchup, of you know, good offense versus good defense, and vice versa. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who wins that battle. So, said if I had to pick, I'd take Dallas, but uh, probably not going to. Probably not going to bet this one. Just watch it. Uh, and the game that got flexed to the Sunday night game, we got a couple division leaders, uh, Green Bay heading to San Francisco. Looks like uh, San Francisco is a three-point home favorite here, with a total of forty-seven and a half. Yeah, my power rating here is San Francisco minus four and a half. Look headline San Francisco three and a half. Westgate open San Francisco three and the total here open 45. Yeah, this is, this, this game here I'm kind of going back and forth on kind of a unique game for me. It just seems like, yeah, almost, I don't know. It seems like I should be just going my numbers and just, just back San Francisco here, paying a little bit of extra juice at three. Seems like the right way to go. But then at the same time, I feel like this team's maybe a little bit overvalued and maybe it's going to kind of, smooth out here going to the end of the season. But then, you know, the other token of the coin, you have Green Bay that's also, I think, a little bit overvalued for sure. Uh, but they are coming off the buy. So, I mean, 
I think there's a lot of different factors here. It makes it a really interesting handicap. Um, so for to me, I guess right now where it stands currently at this uh, time of the week, I would probably lean San Francisco, but not not a not a not a, not as much as I you would think judging out my power ratings. I just feel like this would be a good game, and I just don't know if I'm going to be much involved in this game. It might be just one I I don't want to get involved with, and I won't be surprised if this game was uh, you know came down to the end and it kind of went either way. And then when you have games like that, obviously if you win, you're glad you had it in your pocket, but if you didn't bet it, you're kind of glad, uh, okay, you know, I'm glad, glad I stayed away. So I think this might be a pretty close game. And, and if that's the case, I, I don't know. I just, I just don't have a, a huge opinion right now that currently in the week. Yeah. This Green Bay team, I think Green Bay and Seattle are the two biggest frauds in the league. And I've been looking to bet against both of them here. And I, I, I do lean San Francisco here, lane three. I think there's a chance the money keeps coming on Green Bay and it goes even further down. And if it gets below three, then. Then I'd go from a, a lean to a like on San Francisco, but I just I think the Green Bay defense is just a, a total fraud. I think they're a below average defense that had a couple of turnovers and big plays early in the year that kind of threw people off the scent. And but I just don't I don't trust Jimmy G in the San Francisco offense. And even though they added Sanders, which was a good pickup for him to kind of give them a little injection of talent, because I think they don't have a whole lot of position skill players. Uh, I just I don't know I'd against Jimmy G against Rodgers, it doesn't make you feel too too comfortable because I just don't I don't fully trust him yet. But the San Francisco defense has been pretty good basically all year long. And this is kind of to a lesser extent, but a little bit with the Dallas New England thing where you got the Green Bay offense who's been really good going against the San Francisco defense and then you got two questionable units going up against each other. So um I, I lean San Francisco here, but not one that um overly excited about it'll be pretty interesting here as far as the divisions go because san francisco needs a win to keep up with seattle in the west and then obviously the packers need a win to keep their lead over minnesota in the north so a lot of implications here for the nfc playoff pitcher uh, and yeah i think if if the number can come down off three then then i'll uh, look to get involved here in san francisco all right monday nighter we got baltimore heading to the rams Baltimore laying three here with extra juice on the road and a total of 46 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Baltimore one and a half. Look at line was a pick em. Westgate open, Baltimore two and a half minus 120. The total here open 49. And, and this is for sure a, a case where the books are tired of getting, you know, losing money on Baltimore. I, I don't think it was a huge deal last week, but I just, you can kind of get the sense and I can sense it myself that this is going to be a, a Baltimore, you know, an all in effort. Uh, from the public on Baltimore. It's a team that has, couldn't have looked better the last several weeks and against the, the Rams team that was just in prime time and looked super underwhelming, um, specifically on offense and, uh, going, going against a little bit of higher total here against the Baltimore team that's had a tougher defense and a good offense. I mean, this just seems like an absolute public spot for Baltimore and, and, it, you know, the sharp, the sharp money or the smarter money is definitely the ones that's keeping this game in check as opposed to otherwise this line could get out of control, but, um, I don't, I don't really see it getting off. I mean, you just look at the splits, I guess. You can see, uh, Sportsbook Offshore, that's a, a big public book. That's sitting three and a half, a little bit extra juice on the Rams, where most other shops are sitting three, a little bit of juice on Baltimore. So you can, you can just see the, the difference there between a sharper shop or a, a square shop. You can get a, a big difference in price. But either way you look at it here, uh, to me, it's not a game I really like love by any means or think that it's the best bet in the world. But I mean, just from a value perspective, it just seems long-term. You just blindly got to bet the Rams here. I've been super out on the Rams. I haven't liked Goff at all. I haven't liked Goff at all. And that def- or that offense has been super shaky. And all, all that being said, it's all in the handicap. But, again, it just comes down to value. And there's just no way that I can, uh you know, no way I can bet Baltimore for sure. It's the only way I could bet is the Rams. And that's the way I, I'm for sure going to have some money on the Rams. I would assume before kickoff, it's just a game for me where you just make a bet. Uh, hope long term it's going to be a profitable, you know, 55 plus percent wager. And then, uh, you know, don't, don't even watch the game personally. It's just going to be a tough game to watch for sure. So it, I think the only you'd, you'd hope that the, for the Rams perspective, I think you want to hope this could be a lower scoring game and contain, uh, Lamar Jackson. I think that's about the only shot they'd have to keep this game competitive. And that's what they got to hope they do. And then I think he's, you know, kind of due for a letdown. Uh, you know, bad game, although it isn't a prime time game against a, a, a major team. So, um, yeah, like I said, I think just uh, from a value perspective, you, you got to look at the Rams here. Yeah, I don't really have much to expand upon. I completely agree with that. I was honestly thinking, thinking the same thing. It's like, I, 
the Rams offense definitely worries me and I don't feel great about doing it. But it's just from a value perspective. And what was this game if it would have been coming into the year? Like Rams laying like six or, you know, at least four and a half. And obviously the Rams have underwhelmed a little bit here at times and Baltimore's looked like the best team in the league for the last few games. So obviously that's where the adjustment's coming in. I'm not saying it's totally unwarranted, but it's just, it's just hard to believe that if the teams follow the trend, they've been trending here with the the Rams offense, the way it's looked pretty putrid at times and Baltimore being the best team in the league, I think this number's about right. So if any of those regress at all, I think you're getting value on the Rams. So I totally agree. I think the value is on the Rams here and uh love a primetime home dog that a lot of people are, you know, writing off even though they're six and four and uh we're you know we in the Super Bowl last year and definitely have a, quite a bit of talent still. So not not uh yeah well not a bet I'm overly enamored with, but I totally agree with you that it's just an auto bet and and then check the final score out and hopefully you got the winner winner there. So alright, that'll do her for uh week twelve. Let's go ahead and wrap up the pod and do our picks of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right, so last week you had the Jets as your pick of the week, and they won, so that gets you back to 5-5, five and 500 on the year for pick of the week. Uh, mine, unfortunately, despite the uh, beating up the closing line value, uh, went down, so I moved down to 4-6 and six on the year, a full game back of you. So you get the tee box. Where are you looking this week, Robert? Uh, For me here... Let's see. I got a few. Um, I already talked about Miami. I'm going to be on them. I think that's a good number. I think you're going to get the best of the number at 10.5. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure before kick. So that'd be the way I'd look originally. But I just, uh, you know, that, I don't be, like I said, I'm going to bet on it just out of principle. But I, I could see that game getting out of hand too, uh, like you said with Miami. So I'm, I'm going to stay away um, from a from a pick of the week perspective. I'll, like I said, still have money on it, still release as a play. But um, I'm gonna go ahead and 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 back that uh, that Oakland Jets over. I, I'm pretty confident in that one. That's probably one of my one of my better plays of the week that I like. Uh, we'll go ahead and go over that game, Oakland at the Jets uh, over 46 and a half for the pick of the week. All right, for the first time in a while, we'll both have totals here. I think I'm feeling the best about that under in the Carolina New Orleans game. Uh, under 47 is the market number right now, so. You'll take over in Oakland Jets, and I got under in Carolina, New Orleans. Uh, sorry, any concluding thoughts here on the Week 12 pod? No, I think this uh, this is the week we need to rally here and, and get back and get some profitability back on the books uh, for sure. So let's uh, let's do it here and hopefully uh, get back on a, a big winning train. Uh, all right, sounds like a plan to me. Let's do that. That uh, should be a good week. Just uh, we'll both be here hanging out, watching all the games on a Vikings off week. So. Yeah, we have a should be a fun early slate with nine games going and then a couple of good primetime marquee games. So, yeah, let's do it. Um, best of luck to you this weekend, Crowber. Best of luck to listeners out there. Hopefully we can get back to going 2-0 and on the picks of the week and come back and gloat a little bit next week and look ahead to week 13. So have a good week, everybody, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.